When your child comes out as LGBTQ, you need a place to find the right tools to help you and your child thrive. This is the podcast you need. Hi, my name is Jenny Hunter, and I am an advanced certified faith-based family coach. And I have coached over 10,000 hours helping families with LGBTQ children become healthy, thriving families. Hello, my friend. Thank you for being with me today. I got to tell you, I just want to, I feel such gratitude for you and for all of you that has reached out and told me like different things that touched you or different things I've taught. And I'm just so grateful that I get to be part of your journey. You know, um, I, I, my passion is making families thrive and making you thrive as a parent. And I, um, you know, really work hard on finding things that I find in my life that I know that I need the tools for. And it's funny this morning, I was taking my 13 year old to middle school and, um, she takes some online classes and we have a, you know, um, if she doesn't do her online classes, like then she loses the phone for the week, right? It's just, you know, cause and effect, which is the best way to parent because then it's not emotional. And that tool is so good when you just let the circumstances do the parenting because, um, and the consequences, because this morning she was having a full long angry meltdown in the car, driving to middle school of what a horrible parent I was and how unfair and how she feels unsafe at school without her phone. And I came home and I was telling my husband, I was like, it was so lovely not mirroring her frustration. Like the whole time I thought she totally gets to feel that way. I get it. I'm frustrated. She can't have her phone either. It's hard for me because I can't text her. So I get it. And so I didn't like escalate her drama, right? I didn't become dramatic about her drama. And just notice if you're doing that, because <laughs> that's just a tool. And I'm not even talking about that, but I am talking about something that I have decided is the magic bullet for all relationships, especially for your LGBTQ relationships. And part of what happened this morning in the car proved to me that um, I have created this and I've created this for my children and it's safety. And I'm not talking about don't run in the street safety, don't um, touch the hot stove safety. I'm talking about the overall emotional safety. And the more I coach, the more I work with clients, this is really the secret weapon to helping manage the road of being an LGBTQ parent, really being any parent and in any relationship. And so you might feel this way and, you know, it's easy to easier now to parent now that I've had six children, right? Like me showing up for Kate when she's having this high emotion reaction to the consequences and me showing up for my oldest was different. I was not in the same regulated. I didn't have the same tools. And so I'm sure I did not create the safety that I have now created for her. Like when she cries now, I'm like, I get it. Sometimes you just need to cry. I don't make her emotions a problem. I don't make her reactions a problem. Now, granted, if they are reacting in a way that is you know, doing harm to other people or think that, you know, you need to create some consequences around that, but just being emotional, letting them be emotional. That is the, what we call emotional safety and emotional safety basically is you feeling like you could be whoever you are with the person you're with, and they're not going to judge or condemn you. Okay. And 
you know, I work with a lot of clients where they feel like their child is shutting them out. And, you know, they kind of have thoughts of like, they don't tell me anything. They're not sharing with me. They don't talk to me anymore. Um, they're being secretive. Um, they don't even know what they're feeling. And this is a hard place to be with a parent when you're a parent, because you want to be part of your child's journey. And when you are feeling this way now, and granted, everybody gets to show up how they want, but when you are kind of feel, if you're feeling this way with your child, then you know that they are not feeling emotional safe with you. Like if you have thought these things of like, they're really not being authentic with me, this is where instead of being defensive, like they should be different, then you need to like realize, okay, what, how can I change this? And, you know, there's two questions that I ask my clients when this kind of comes up and these questions really help you like kind of evaluate how you could show up differently in your child's life. Um, and it is, what am I doing or not doing that is causing my child to not feel comfortable sharing with me? And what can I do to show my child that I am interested in what they want to share? And I'm committed to holding a safe space for them to express themselves fully. Okay. So let's go back a little bit when I'm talking about emotional safety. I'm really talking about these five things where the person, if they feel emotional safe with you, they feel that they're safe to express themselves fully and authentically. They're safe to share like dissatisfaction about something that you're doing. Um, they're safe to share their dreams and their desires. They're safe to share their insecurities and their fears, like what they're most afraid of. And basically they're safe to have a conversation without it escalating to like an argument. So they're safe to share meaning that they can say anything or be anything without fear of yelling or name calling or rejection, stonewalling or blaming or shaming. You know, when you look up the word safety, it means freedom from harm or danger. So the state of not being dangerous or harmful and you know, with emotional safety, it means knowing that you will not be criticized, blamed, rejected, dismissed, or invalidated. And this comes from, I'm sure you're familiar with Maslow's, you know, the five hierarchies, right? The, how people's behaviors change and their needs change. And the bottom of the um, triangle is the psychological, right? Where sociological, where it's like just the basics, like you think of food, water, shelter, clothing, you know, um, when uh, the, her, you know, a horrible earthquake just happened in Syria and Turkey, which sending prayers to those countries, it's devastating. And these people are brought down to that bottom le level, right, of just getting the basics of um, food, water, and shelter. Because you, once you have that, then you can move to what we call safety and security, where it's that personal, that emotional safety, that safety net. Okay, that's the second layer. Now, the third layer is love and belonging. You cannot jump any of these layers. Like you can't go to love and belonging unless you feel safe with that person. And from love and belonging, then it's like they accept themselves, they feel valued by others, and then they love themselves, right? And as you move through like that stage two of like that safety to like valuing themselves, there is that is such a strong connection. And they can't really value, be feel value, feel value for themselves if they don't feel safe with other people. And so if your child is not sharing with you, then, you know, and like I said, 
we, I want you to take full ownership. We can't take full ownership of how other people are feeling. Like we create our own emotions, but what we can do is acknowledge our impact and our accountability for how we're showing up. Like, are we doing the best we can of creating safety for our child? Okay. And so back to those two questions is like, what am I doing for them to feel uncomfortable sharing with me? And, and what can I do to show my child that I'm interested in creating this relationship? So I'm going to give you six ways to create that emotional safety in your relationship. And, you know, this is, you know, focused on parenting your LGBTQ child, but honestly, in every relationship, friendships with your partner, everything, this is what we need to really feel that longing, belonging with another person. And so the first one is you have to really learn to listen non-defensively. And remember, we are not as good as actors as we think. Okay. So we have to really be in a place, be thinking thoughts of what they're feeling is valid, right? Like listen to really understand, um, listen to having empathy is really important. Like whatever, like I had great empathy for Kate this morning when she was so upset. I didn't think it was a problem. I wasn't thinking her struggle was being a 13 year old. I just like was not dismissing her, right? I was just like, yeah. I get it. So vulnerability really feels kind of naked. And most people feel really uncomfortable being vulnerable with somebody, especially if they feel like that vulnerability is going to be used against them. So if you want your child to be open, you have to create this non-judgmental, non-defensive space. And damage is done when you get defensive. Like say like one of my children says like, you're a horrible parent, right? If I start going to the place of telling, trying to prove that I'm not a horrible parent, then I'm dismissing of like why they're thinking that. Now, that doesn't feel great for me when somebody shares that with me, but this is where I have to listen to understand, like, why are they saying it? And, you know, sometimes it feels like they're saying it and it's lemon in a cut on my, you know, (laughs) because if it feels really triggering, then you might be believing it too. And that's when you get defensive, but sometimes it's them saying words and it's like, they're saying my hair is blue. But then I know like, oh, that's okay. They're just wrong about it. That that's okay. And I don't take it so personally. And it, and so I'm able to be that non-defensive listening. Okay. Safety is created when you really validate their feelings, when you empathize with what they're sharing, when you listen non-judgmental, when you don't internalize it and make it about you. And you really just focus to try to understand where your child is at. Um, And this looks like, you know, if like you're a horrible parent, you know, then I would be saying something like, if you really feel that way, that must feel horrible. Like, tell me why you feel that way. Really listening to really understand why they're basing their conclusions and how they're viewing life. You know, with my child this morning, right? It was me like saying, yeah, I bet it does feel safe when you're at school. I'm so sorry. I wish you could have your phone, right? Like it wasn't me making, well, if you did your assignments, you know, try to defend my actions. I just empathize with how she's feeling. That's really easy. So second is letting go of like your toxic thoughts about your child, letting go of their, their labels, um, really like how you think about them. Um, and you have to really be open to seeing them differently, to seeing growth. You know, I had a really good example of this is one day I was talking to one of my children and they were sharing with me a story of how at work, their boss, like there was some drama happening and, you know, 
and I, I knew as soon as I said those words, you know, how like you wish you could pull them back in. And I was like, oh, well, you know, drama always follows you. You always, you know, are in the middle of drama. And as, as soon as I said that, um, and as soon as I put that label on that child, that child shut down and basically it's like, okay, I got to go mom. So you really have to be careful that you are constantly challenging your own thought patterns and narratives about your child. Um, like it's like, oh, this morning I could have thought, oh, she's so overly sensitive, right? Just practice not labeling who they are by their emotions and try to really not jump to conclusions and kind of think of like, of course they're feeling this way. Like, like this is totally normal to feel away or don't ever think of like, of course he's feeling this way. He never sees anyone else's point of view, or he's so narrow-minded. He's so focused on himself. Say, oh, I'm um, labeling and I'm not letting myself, those toxic thoughts or, and that's judgment they're going to feel. Okay. So you really have to challenge your like deep rooted thoughts about people. And this is what we do in lifted together. You know, when I coach with you, like, and our brains move so fast, it's very hard to identify where that toxic thought is. And that's why it's important to work with a coach because she, or he will see your brain better than you. It's really helpful to have an outside source to kind of find out where that judgment is coming. So you do damage in this where you like hold your child to these negative labels of who they are. And, um, it's brought into belief that they will never change and that they're always that way. Like they're born disorganized or they're born selfish. Right. And you don't think they're born that way, but you just feel like you're not giving them the benefit of a doubt. Right. You're not coming from a place like that, that they could grow. And you create safety when you do the opposite, when you give your child an opportunity to show you something different, where you shift your negative thoughts, their toxic thoughts to like positive and loving thoughts. And you're able to enter into the conversation, open to experiencing them in a more trusting practice, positive light that where you're like, this person is good and they're going to show me it's good. But like I said, I had to really work for a coach and I have to still work with a coach because um, our brains like to look for the negative. They like look, look for the problems and it helps me stay in a clean space with my six kids when I really challenge my beliefs and my judgments. Okay. So one was listen non-defensively, right? Drop the defense lock. And then the second one is really drop the judgment and your um, how you're labeling the other person. The third one is body language. You know, um, body language matters a great deal in creating a safe space. And research shows that over 55% of our communication is nonverbal. So like I said, like we think we're better actors than we are. And we're, but what we're really good at is mapping each other, really picking up how somebody's feeling to, about us. Um, and so why words matter a lot, body language really matters just as much. And so if not more. And damage is done when you like turn your back, you roll your eyes, you walk away from the room, you fold your arms, you're really tense, you have tense facial expressions, you sigh, you know, you've been in a conversation where you have felt body language from somebody else. And remember what you think is creating out in your body language. So that's why the number two of um, the toxic thoughts is really, really important. And you create your safety for that emotional safety when you kind of toward towards your child. When you give them eye contact, you make facial expressions that show them that they have your attention. You stand in close proximity. You touch their hand. In other words, you join them wherever they are. You put your phone down. You pause and you ask a question. You turn towards, like think, just 
kind of notice, see if you could be like a fly on the wall with you next time you have a conversation with a child and just kind of observe your body language and they, they will pick up on it. Okay. The fourth one is to emphasize and reinforce your commitment. You know, the most damaging reactions like we can do to our child is kind of have like this exit language. Like, um, if you do this, then like, we won't be able to like ever go on a vacation with you. Or if you do this, like you'll have to move out of the house. And, and I'm not saying that sometimes that's appropriate for the boundaries, but it's really like when you're tr- giving kind of like, um, ultimatums and, it's like you want to move on or you're kind of shutting them down or like creating a space where you're like, I can't be with you. And these two behaviors are so extremely damaging as they leave your child to feel unsafe, insecure, and they kind of trigger like those old wounds of fear of abandonment that we all have a little bit. So if you want to create a safe space, you have to remind yourself and your child that you're all in this together and you're committed to figuring things out is imperative to creating a safe space. You know, so statements such as we really are going to need to figure this out. We need to figure out a better way to communicate. We are better than this. Like our family's better than this. Um, We've got this. We're not going anywhere. We're going to figure this out together. Like you might be feeling or something like I might be feeling really hurt right now, but I just need a break. And then I want to talk to you. That doesn't mean like you're done, but you're telling them like, I'm processing my hurt and like, I'm going to call you in a week. So you are forced like your commitment to being in that relationship with your child. So what you do in damage is when you like stonewall them, you don't talk back to them. Like if they text you and you ignore it, um, or you talk about like how they're not going to be in your life or how they're not going to be part of your family, you withdraw or shut down emotionally. And you could do that non-verbally too. And you don't give them any attention. Like they might have a bid for connection and you ignore it. So ignoring, stonewalling, shutting down or saying like, well, if we can't figure this out, I don't know if you could come to our house anymore. Things like that. Going to a place of like, we always want you to be with us. We always want you to be on vacation with us, but it might look different, right? Like always, always include over. And I have found with LGBTQ children, you have to include double. They are constantly looking for ways that you don't want them. Um, you don't approve of them. You don't want them part of their fam- your family. And so you have to almost go over 200% of like, we always want to be in relationship with you. So safety is created when you make like the we statements about resolutions. So, you know, you talk about the future and hopes and goals for the relationship. You speak to the commitment such as we will get through this. Um, your comments and statements to your child are like you're committed to figuring out and continuing to work on this relationship. And that's really important, especially when you hit a rough spot where you're like, listen, I know this is hard right now. I know you're frustrated. I'm frustrated, but we're going to figure this out because I want to always be part of your life. Things like that. That is really important. Okay. The fifth one is to thank them. You know, whenever your child shares with you, whatever they do, like, and I didn't do that this morning and I should have, I should have said, thank you so much, Kate, for telling me how frustrated you are, regardless of what they're saying, like, thank your child for opening up, thank them for trusting you, thank them for being vulnerable in front of you, let them know that you appreciate learning about them, however they're feeling. And you don't have to see eye to eye. You don't have to agree like what they're thinking, right? Like I didn't agree this morning with Kate, but what matters is that is that they feel like you are so grat- have so much gratitude and you trust one enough to, to have this conversation, even the difficult conversations. So damage is done when you don't acknowledge that your child 
is being vulnerable and that is showing courage to share something with you that was probably really difficult to share. And, or if you make negative dismissive comments about what they share, like you shouldn't feel this way, or it's ridiculous that you're feeling this way. It's ridiculous that you would even say these words, right? That is when you do damage. Safety is created when you acknowledge that being vulnerable is not easy. When you thank them for trusting you enough to share their feelings with you. Um, when you validate what they have shared with you and encourage them to continue to open up and know that they will be met with love and understanding. Thanking is a huge component of emotional safety where you're like, you know, that's one of the best things you could say when an LGBTQ person comes to you. You're like, thank you for trusting me. Thank you for letting me in. I love that letting me in because they really are letting you, somebody, when somebody is being vulnerable with you and really being honest with you, they are letting them into the core, like seeing your heart. And so take that courage with such great love. See that as like such a um, bit of connection for gratitude that they want you to know them, right? But then if you shut them down, they will be less vulnerable with you next time. Okay, and the last one is be consistent. Um, you really need to be consistent with your words and action because consistency really does build trust. Because you know what to expect, words and actions are aligned, and you learn you could count on your parents. Um, being consistent with your children, if you say something you're going to do, do it. If your behaviors and your words are not consistent with one another, it would be really hard for your child to trust you. You know, I was coaching one client and she, um, you know, she says like, my parents say all the right, right things, but then like when we're with somebody else, they speak very differently about LGBTQ or they don't like, like any of my posts. So like, see how that behavior is inconsistent with their words. So like their words say something, but their heart says nothing. Another thing. So if you are consistently inconsistent, you're ultimately sending a message to your child that you cannot be trusted. So damage is done when you make promises that you don't keep, where you treat your child lovingly and shower them with attention one day, and then you have maybe limited interaction with them the next day or for, for what feels like for them for no reason. And you tell your child that they could call you anytime or you will always be there. But then when they do something that you don't like, you're, you're not available. You don't want to talk to them. Damage is done when you commit to doing something and you don't follow through. Inconsistency and unpredictability causes people to be constantly on guard, which is a major cause of anxiety and stress in relationships. And so it makes it nearly impossible for someone to feel safe if you're inconsistent with showing love and showing up for your child. Safety is created when you follow through on what you're going to say and do, where you keep your word, establish trust by being consistent. You be yourself at all times. Like if you put your best foot forward in the beginning of the relationship with your child, when they come out, then you continue to put your best foot forward. And consistency sends a message to others that you can be trusted. And so your actions, your words align all the time. And you know, in this being consistent, like I want you to be authentic too. like wherever your child's at, like say it's a pronoun issue and your child wants to use a different pronoun and you're not there. I want you to be like being very vulnerable. I never want you to um, fake it with your child. I want you to be like, I know this is important to you and I see this and I'm so thankful for you asking for me. I am working on it. I need a little bit more time. I need some more time to process it. Um, see how you're consistent where you're showing up, but you're also being true and authentic. So that's very, being consistent isn't just like saying yes to everything. It's you being vulnerable and saying where you're at too. So just to review the six is listen non-defensively, let go of your toxic thoughts about your child, 
challenge those thoughts. How is your body language and your touch? Are you, you know, 55% is nonverbal. What is your 55% saying about you and how you're feeling about your child? Emphasize and reinforce your commitment. Like really show where you're like, I'm all in this. Like we're all in, there's, our love is fierce. Like this is hard right now, but I know and believe we're going to get through this have gratitude for them showing up authentic. Don't shut them down when they're showing up authentic. Just have so much thankful for whatever they're bringing and be consistent and showing up and, um, and showing up, showing them love and with your words and your actions. And what I have found with the families that create this, and I even got to say, I'm going to be really vulnerable. I think we did really well with this with some of our kids, but not with all of them. And so I'm really trying to work on creating that safety for all of my children because what happens, and I realized that I had this growing up, is when you feel emotionally safe, you feel adored, meaning like who you are is enough. You don't have to keep proving your worth. You're, you feel 100% worthy, that emotional safety. And that's in those moments, you might have felt that with our Heavenly Father in Christ, where you're like, you are completely enough exactly where you are with all your faults, with all your followables. Christ loves you and Heavenly Father loves you. That is what we're trying to parent pattern in our homes. So look at those six things I gave you and see where you can um, improve. We get all improvement areas. Just choose one or two to improve. And I, I think it's even worth having a conversation with your children saying, how, where in these areas do you not feel? Like to being really frank, I think use this podcast as a jumping point to have a discussion, to find out if they're feeling emotional safety, if they find out if they express themselves fully and authentically, how, you, how they're going to feel. And if you feel like your child is shutting down, like I said, you you let them own that experience, and you can't um, you can't base your worth as a parent with how your child reacts to you. But know that you have an impact, and this is why this these six things will help you have a more positive impact. Because especially with our children, if they walk away from our faith, you want to be imp- impactful in their story, and wherever they're at. That's where we need to be with them. We need to love them and create that safety so they can grow into their next love and belonging and esteem and self-actualization. Because when you jump up, that's where your faith grows. That's how I find the more I feel love and belonging, the closer I feel to the Lord. And so this is the baseline to, to create a stronger faith, a stronger relationship in a family. Everything is comes back to emotional safety. If you need help with this, reach out to me. Go to... Jenny Hunter Coaching, J-E-N-I-E, Hunter Coaching um, on Instagram, or um, that's my website too. Reach out because I would love to um, help you. And it's a very unshameful space. I am a parent doing the best I can. I work with parent imperfect parents. We're all imperfect parents. The more we know, the better we know, though, is the better we could show up. And so know that when you come to me, I will be that safe space with that non-judgmental space, knowing you have done the best you can and just helping you move forward so your family can thrive even in a higher level. All right. All right. Have an amazing day. I love you. Thank you for being with me. Where have you found the support that your family needs? I would be honored to be that support. I have created a virtual coaching program specifically for Christian LGBTQ families. Come check out the coaching community, Lifted Together with Jenny Hunter. In our community, you will find a safe space to process all the emotions and all the things that you need to find the support that you will need to help your child thrive. 
you will find it in private coaching, group coaching, and I have created hours of content just for you. When you are ready to thrive as a family, please come check out liftedtogether.com slash membership.